0: Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Fertility Nutrition Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now, let's get this party started. Hey, 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 friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Peace Please podcast. This is Susan, one of your co hosts. I'm coming at you today solo, and I'm actually really excited to record this episode for you today. So, if you have been a listener of our podcast um, and you are familiar with, uh, myself and my story. I'll share you a brief interlude if you are not. So my husband and I have been on a fertility journey for about five years, and we recently started our second round of IVF. After about a year um, since our first round, we are at a new clinic with a new doctor, new opportunities, and um, the program that we're actually doing for our IVF is a shared risk program, which isn't something that a lot of clinics offer. In fact, it's the only one that I know of, um, at least in the U S. And so, uh, this program is for people that do not have insurance coverage for IVF and it provides us with up to six cycles, which includes egg retrievals and transfers and genetic testing. Um, for unlimited amount of embryos. So for us, it just feels a little bit more financially secure knowing that and just a little bit – I should say a little, a lot less pressure um, because one of the things that I want to share with you today that I didn't really realize and didn't really think about um, when we started going down the route of IVF is that really IVF is an experiment. And just like we talk about on this podcast, how everyone's body is different and how everyone is going to respond to food and movement differently. And so different things are going to work for different people. And that's exactly the same thing with IVF. So IVF is an experiment and everyone's body is going to respond differently to the medications and certain protocols are going to work better than others for certain people. And I, you know, I've been learning a lot about myself in this entire process, and one thing I've really learned a lot in the last year is that my body doesn't respond in the way a typical or average person's body responds to any sort of, like, medication or supplement, like, if an average person like doesn't have any side effects, like I could potentially have a side effect. I'm just going to give you a brief example. I tried like a bunch of different supplements um, after our first cycle because I thought that that was potentially the answer. And I'm going to share with you a little bit more on that in a little bit here. But um, I tried a bunch of the supplements from It Starts With An Egg. And here's the thing. It was way overwhelming for my body. First of all, it's a lot of supplements and no one wants to take a meal full of supplements every single day. And second of all, like my body did not respond well, like I got headaches, I didn't feel good. And so like knowing what I know about my body And having that response, I recognize that, like, okay, this does not work for my body. So that's one of the things that has made me realize that my body just doesn't respond in the typical way. And that's totally okay. That's perfectly normal. Like, if you are in the same boat where your body doesn't always respond the way, you know, an average person's body responds, like, that's okay. And I think that I've just also realized that, like, I'm just not average either. Like, I have done a lot of work in the last last year that has made me realize like I'm a very I'm a very like a highly sensitive person and so things impact me very differently than normal people, (laughs) which sounds kind of weird, but it's just true. I'm a very highly sensitive person. So even watching like really dramatic movies, uh, hearing really dramatic stories, like watching the news is real, is a really like sensitive experience for me. And I actually stopped watching the news like over a year ago. And honestly, it's been so great for my nervous system and my mental health. Um, so all that to say, like my body just, isn't average. And you know what? That's totally okay if um, your body isn't average either and you don't respond the way a typical person responds. Like, I just want to totally normalize that. So, okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our IVF cycle. So, Going into the cycle, like, I was definitely feeling, like, confident. Like, things were different. We're at a new clinic. Our doctor is wonderful. And, you know, he, like, said that – um you know, he was hopeful and all those kind of things. So, um, we did, I'll just share a little bit about our protocol, but please know that like every single one is different. Um, everyone's bodies are different and you really need to like find a doctor that you trust and that's going to work with you. Um, and so don't think that this is the protocol you should or shouldn't do. Anyways, so we did what's called a Lupron stop protocol, which means, After I ovulated in one cycle for nine days, I took Lupron injections to, the goal of this is to, it kind of shuts down your ovaries, but it's meant to like sink all of your follicles. So that way, when you start the stimulation medication, it like really ramps things up and you get a ton of follicles. So It worked for the sinking purposes and uh, my follicles were slow to grow. So we stimmed for like 13 or 14 days. I can't remember. Um, And then, you know, we did our trigger shot. When we did our trigger shot, I believe I had like 16 or 17 follicles ish. Um, but if you haven't done IVF before and you're not familiar with the process, this was also something I didn't know, um, prior to our first run, which is that not every single follicle is going to produce an egg that can be retrieved. So, um, we had 16 or 17 follicles, which was more than we had the first time. So, you know, I was excited expecting like, okay, so this appears to be like working better. Um, So we go in for our egg retrieval and the doctor informs us that they got eight eggs which was really devastating for me um, because this was the exact same amount that we got the last time. And it really actually like triggered me into like this whole spiral of like comparing it to our previous cycle and saying, you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, like that cycle didn't work. So now this isn't going to work. Like thinking that essentially that like more eggs is better. And that's not actually true. Um, So we found out then the next day, so you have your egg retrieval, they tell you how many they got. And then the next day they tell you like how many were mature, which basically means like how many were like the right size that they could be fertilized. Um, And we opted to do ICSI, which is basically um, they inject the sperm right into the egg rather than putting the sperm in like a Petri dish with the egg. They put the sperm right into the egg. So we found out the next day that of the eggs that were retrieved, only three were mature. So only three were the right size and two were fertilized. So after that, I was pretty devastated um, because again, I was comparing to a previous cycle and was like, this is a hit quote. I'm using quotations here, but this feels Worse than before because my brain was going down a rabbit hole. And part of the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I just want you to know that, like, I'm human. And I want you to know that, like, if you're going through this, that it's totally human for your brain to, like, do these things. Like, I um, have worked with a life coach in the past, and I um, currently work with a life coach as well, and um, our life coaching program. And it, one of the things that I like reminded myself was like, of course, this is what your brain thinks. Of course, because you, you, your brain remembers what happened in the past. And so of course, like your brain is going to go down this route. Like that just like makes sense. And so for me reminding myself, like, of course, this is of course where my brain is going to go. Like, and not shaming myself and feeling guilty for like, thinking that way was incredibly helpful, even though it was some pretty hard days Um, after the egg retrieval. Not only just like coming off of the hormones, um, I had a lot of headaches. I'm still kind of coming off of the headache issue. Um, And we're about two weeks out from our egg retrieval So, um, at the time of recording this podcast. So basically – it was, it was a hard few days, but after five days, um, we had a follow-up with our doctor, and we got an update on how the two fertilized um, eggs were doing, or embryos. And honestly, we actually got a lot of really good news that was really reassuring. Um, and so this is part of the reason why I really advocate for you to make sure that you have a doctor that's going to work with you. And... That's really going to explain things to you. I feel like that was maybe just something that was missing out of like our first like clinic and doctor. And I absolutely loved them. But I think that like that explanation and like going through things is has been really incredibly helpful for us. Um, So our doctor kind of said like, so here's actually before I go into what the doctor said, what I want to share with you is like. In this time frame of five days, you know, or really it was four days by the time I figured out um, you know how many eggs had fertilized in, until we met with the doctor, this whole time, I'm blaming myself and making myself feel like there was something that I could have done that I could have done differently despite the fact that after our egg retrieval, the doctor told me it was not my fault. <laughs> He told me it was not my fault. Like he blat- like he openly said that he's not your fault. He's like it's don't blame don't blame yourself, don't feel bad about it. But I still was. And I think that that happens a lot on the fertility journey. Like women we blame ourselves even when there's no diagnosis. Like in my situation we're primarily still being classified as a male factor in fertility. and I'm still blaming myself for apparently not producing enough eggs or whatever the case was. So I just want you to know that like, and and that's part of the problem within the fertility just like industry that I see as a whole is there's a lot of blame going on. Like I see a lot of like nutritionists and even dietitians and you know natural functional doctors like there's a lot of blame going on. Like you did something to your body and you aren't doing enough and you need to do more and work harder. And if you do that and you just get to the root cause and you just dig and dig and dig and dig and drive yourself crazy, that then you'll get pregnant. And I just want to tell you that's not true because I've done that. And it only made me feel worse. And I also just want you to know like it's normal. (laughs) It's normal to feel like it's your fault. So I spent like that time frame feeling like it was my fault. And that was despite the fact of my doctor telling me that it was not my fault. (laughs) So again, brains, human, like this is what human brains think. And it's okay. It's totally normal. Like if your brain is like my brain and you have to learn to like work with it and give yourself like, the grace and the understanding of, like, sometimes brains just do things that don't make sense. Um, or, well, it does make sense to your brain, but it doesn't feel good for you. Um, so... Moving forward to our conversation with the doctor. So we did find out that, in fact, at that time, uh, two uh, both of the eggs that had fertilized were growing um, and were in like the blastocyst stage. The one was already um, the highest grade that it could be for an embryo. And so it was already biopsy and frozen. Um, I will get to the biopsy in a minute. Um, and the other one, we were just giving it another day or two to grow and see what would happen. Um, but he felt confident that that one was also going to make it. So in our conversation with the doctor, then, um, he basically shared with me, he's like, you know, he's like, um, this Lupron stop protocol, like it does work well for some women, but he's like, I think that it just shut your ovaries down too much. Like he's like, and we couldn't like wake them back up fast enough. And he's like, that's, that just happens. It was the medication, you guys. It was the medication. It had absolutely nothing to do with me. It was the medication. And, you know, I just like think about the fact where like how many times like on this fertility journey – do we blame ourselves and we think that there's more that we need to do to control fertility when there's absolutely nothing that you can do? And just like hearing that, that it was like the medication and like one, when he said that, I'm like, oh, my God, this makes total sense to me. My body doesn't respond the way normal people's bodies respond to medication. And um, and then just having that like like, weight lifted. It's, like, I needed to hear, like, it was the medication. And after hearing that, it's, like, honestly, like, this whole, like, so many things just clicked for me in that moment of, like, I can't control this. And I've known that and I've been, you know, trying to, like, work towards, like, embracing that but in that moment is when things came together for me of the sense of like I can't control this, no one can control this. Like all I can really do is to love myself through this and to take care of my body. And you know, I'm going to talk a little bit in an upcoming episode about what that actually means um to take care of your body because I think there's a confusion and I used to think that I was taking care of my body and I was absolutely not taking care of my body. Um, So look for my upcoming episode on that. But um, my point being, he basically said it was the medication. And so in going through all this, he explains to us that so um, we opted to do genetic testing. And the reason why we're doing that is to just honestly part of it is to like put my body through less. Um, because we've already been through two failed IVF transfers and, um, that's just a lot on your body. I was, after we had our two consecutive failed IVF transfers, I was sick for like six to eight weeks. Um, I like came down with pneumonia. I was so incredibly sick. Like my body was so worn down from that experience. And, um, So this time we're opting to do the genetic testing because it really decreases the risk of miscarriage and it increases the probability that I will get pregnant. Um, So that's kind of why we're opting to do that this time around. Um, And we didn't do it last time. Um, So um, right now we're actually waiting to find out the results of our... um, what ended up being our only embryo that we were able to biopsy and freeze. So we have one embryo right now um, It is a really high quality embryo based on how they grade things. Um, So we're waiting to find out whether or not that embryo has a normal amount of chromosomes. That's the basic thing that they look for in this testing. Um, And a lot of what we know is that if they don't like these embryos um have a hard time surviving like the thaw and the transfer and then a lot of times they either create a chemical pregnancy if they're not normal or they implant and then have results in a miscarriage. So again, we're just trying to prevent that and um everyone has their own opinions on that, but you have to just do what's best for you. So anyways, he said that um If for some reason, so if this embryo is not normal, we will go back to square one, which will be doing another um, egg retrieval. And we would do a whole different protocol. In fact, like, you know, he shared with me like all the little individual things that he learned about like my body um, and like what we could do differently and how we would tweak it in order to optimize it best for my body. And that like made me feel really good. It made me feel really confident because like I said, IVF is an experiment. And so going into it, thinking that, you know, the first round is going to work is not always true. Like your, your doctor Needs time to kind of see what's going to work best for your body, and your doctor needs that experimenting. And so, I'm at peace with the fact that we might need to do another ag retrieval, but I feel so comfortable in all of the like little ways that, like, our doctor shared with us, like, all the things he learned from this cycle that we did together. Like, he knows we did the previous cycle, so he knows that, but he now he's seen like how this cycle went and what he learned about my body and how we would do it next time. And I just want you to know that like, basically what I want you to know from this like experience is that like IVF is an experiment. And so I just want you to like, like prepare yourself for the fact that like it may take a few rounds to kind of figure out what's going to work best for your body. And that's totally normal. Like a part of this is me just normalizing that when people do IVF, a lot of times it takes more than one round and takes more than one egg retrieval. And that's totally okay. Like it is an experiment. And it's okay if your body responds differently compared to other people's bodies. Like, that's okay. It's okay if emotionally it's a lot for you. It was a lot for me. There was, It was three weeks of being on medications that were totally messing with my head. And I just, like, had to, like, love myself through it as much as I could. And it wasn't easy. Um, but – doing that and like caring for yourself and then coming off of these medications and recognizing like what I needed to do to take care of myself was incredibly important. Um, So I'm mostly just sharing this with you. One, to give you an update, because I know that a lot of you listen. So you've heard um, my story. Maybe you've been following me on Instagram or TikTok. Um, And so you've kind of seen some of these things that I just wanted to share a little bit more of the details with you to help you kind of just see what this experience is like um, and just realize the humanity in this process and that it's not straightforward. It is an emotional process. Um, but if you can love yourself through it and you can take care of your body, like that is truly the best that you can do. And part of that is just not blaming yourself, which I have definitely obviously fallen into the – Trap of feeling that as well. Um, so I just want you to know that too. It's not your fault, and you don't have to be perfect to get pregnant. You don't have to take all the supplements. You don't have to do the diet. You you don't have to avoid sugar and cut out alcohol and cut out all caffeine. Like you know, like you don't have to do that. And you need to be able to continue living your life because when you're going through this, it's hard enough as it is. So. I'm going to be bringing you another episode that's going to talk about like, what does it actually mean to take care of your body? And I hope that you find that incredibly helpful for your fertility journey. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thank you for joining us. If you're a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serinamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to freedom.fertility on Instagram to grab your free starter guide for food freedom, fertility, nutrition.